We have returned from an absolutely electric experience in Bandit Land. Uh, the Sabres' future begins now with the results from their draft lottery. The Bills, Titans, Week 2, Monday Nighter, prime time, right off the bat, doubleheader, and uh, some hot takes, trivia, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. are back for episode seven on this beautiful western new york evening we are in our outdoor studio i'm joe kelly and along with me dominic loss and mike marino and we're taking you right down our trip to bandit land uh absolutely electric experience i personally have never been to a bandits game this is my first experience and definitely not my last it was absolutely amazing the the crowd it was like a bills game inside key bank it was it was it was absolutely amazing the chants were just next level i loved the heckling of the other team it was my favorite part about the experience and uh to top it off they won a playoff game i mean dom was there with me you you could definitely agree right it was it was just electric and it it shows you what like a playoff atmosphere will be like in key bank sending one of the savers like that's what i felt like leaving key bank uh, at actual actual playoff game for the first time ever in my life, uh, I actually did go to the 2016. My last Bands game was in 2016 when they beat the New England Black Wolves 20 to 15 to go to the final, which they lost to Saskatchewan 2-0 in game. So it's been it's been a while since I've gone to a game. I, I honestly I forgot that they play music throughout the game. Yeah, so did I. I'm like, wait, no, they normally stop after the face-off, you know, like when they're playing, but no, they keep it going. It's also the closest I've ever sat in a Bands game. Like we were two rows. Yeah, two rows off the field. the field. Yeah. I, I didn't know they were. I didn't realize they wore sneakers. I yeah, just, half I, of them had Jordans on. Yeah. I was like, "What?" I was like, "They're basically playing astroturf." Yeah, I mean, it's like, just it's like a carpet. It's just rolled right over the ice. Absolutely incredible experience, though. Like, not my last time going there, apps for sure. Like, well, it's also cool because you know, twenty twenty COVID happened, so the season gets shortened. Twenty one, they don't even have a season, so this is the first playoff since twenty nineteen where the Bandits lost in the final to Calgary. 2-0 again. So, I mean, the Bandits are looking for their first championship since 2008. You know, as I said, they won 10 to 5. I mean, it was 2-2 at halftime, but like I know, it, was it, was a little... inter- it was a very entertaining 2-2 low-scoring game. Yeah, it was a very low-scoring game and then all of a sudden they started taking it. Like they they just absolutely murdered them and it was it was just so satisfying to watch. One thing I want to point out though, these goalies look like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man out there. I was not expecting that. He he <laughs> waddled out in like probably 20 pounds of gear. And he, he looked like more padded up than a hockey goalie was, ever, which blew my mind. Have you ever taken a lacrosse ball to the body? No, but I can imagine. I it's mean, gotta but hurt. it's like I give you gotta give credit to outdoor lacrosse goaltenders there. Oh yeah, no pads. You gotta be psychotic. You're, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, but well, hockey goalies don't wear that much padding. Yeah, but their padding, the way they design it, it's like contoured to their body. Yeah, so. it was just amazing in all aspects, and it was also cool that a ball almost hit us. I didn't know you could like. It, it actually hit the, the back of my chair, and uh, well, from narrowly where, missed the from, side of my head. From where we were sitting, we were like sitting just off from the penalty box, like a Sabres game. So like we didn't have the net. So the guy, sh- I, I don't remember if it was the Bandits or um, the Albany player, shot it and went off the back wall, bounced all the way up to where we were, and it literally bounced three seats next to me. 
So now, you know how Sabres pocket has the Sabres logo and the NHL logo? Does a Bandits lacrosse ball have a Bandits logo? Or is uh, it just a plain lacrosse ball? I think it's just a plain lacrosse ball. I mean, it I didn't get a great down. look at yeah. the ball. No, it, it, they're plain. It's like a baseball. There's nothing on them distinguishing them, that what team it came from. Unfortunately, I think that should be done, though. Like be, Even game balls for baseball. That would be a good... You know what I mean? Like, What do you think the most hype moment on the entire night was? For me, it was the penalty shot save for, for Buffalo. But Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, there is... There's video evidence of me going absolutely insane. I, the atmosphere just fueled fueled the fire for me even more. There's no way other way to describe it other than absolutely electric. I just kept screaming. I have your number. I have your number. You're on my list. You're not coming back. And then it got to the point like they were they were down. We got we also Moe's discount because they hit ten goals. That was absolutely <laughs> electric. The two empty net goals. Yeah, the two empty net goals. They scored at the end. But um, it got to the point where we were literally waving goodbye to all the players on and, the and, on Albany and, and pointing to our watches. Yeah, like, well, our wrist. The goalie legitimately up. for the Bandits went up to one of the players and looked at his wa- like wrist and tapped it like his time's up, his season's almost over. Which I honestly, that is the most savage move. He he made him feel like the most ultimate scumbag in the universe. Like there's no no other no other way to put that other than he exposed the fraudulentness of that scumbag. They didn't, they didn't belong to be in the playoffs, but the band sure do. Uh, so with their 10-5 to win, uh, they advanced to now play Toronto in a best of three starting this Sunday, May 15th, at 6 o'clock at KeyBank Center. Um, it's going to be an interesting series because Toronto swept the season series from you know the Bands. The Bands only lost four games all year, and they lost in Toronto 12-10, to and they lost just two weeks ago in Buffalo 10-7. to So um, it's definitely going to be quite the challenge for Buffalo. Toronto's very, a very good team, but... If the team we saw shows up, that we saw uh, Saturday shows up uh, next Sunday, I think they're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, and if you have the chance to go, go. It's an experience that you'll never forget. You got, you've got our recommendation. But uh, we'll be right back with more of the Buffalonian podcast after this. Do you ever think there's no way Joe can call out all of these people and say he's better than them and can do everything? How can we even see this? How is there any evidence behind the claims? Is he the fraudulent scumbag? Well, look no further, because we're coming at you with the Buffalonian Combine where we are putting to the test all of our athletic abilities to see if Joe is the fraudulent scumbag or if Matt Hawk is the fraudulent scumbag. Tune in in the next couple weeks. We'll have a trailer out for you. And the official Combine will be going live this summer. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, welcome back to the Buffalonian Pod. We're going to come at you with some Sabres news. So... Got the results from lottery. Sabres picking nine and sixteen. Montreal is number one. New Jersey jumped all the way up to number two, and Arizona, ASU bound, got number three. So, what are you guys thinking of that top three and where the Sabres are picking? It's unfortunate to see that an Atlantic team won the draft lottery uh, in Montreal, but you know I'm pretty content. Obviously, it's kind of weird that New Jersey just keeps getting all this draft lottery luck and now jump from it's five rigged. to two. Would you say New Jersey's the new Edmonton? Yeah, but they don't. They don't have like any near. Like Hughes is a nice player. Hughes is a nice player, but they're not even close to like McDavid or Drysdale. But I mean, I guess everyone has their Neil Yakupov. So exactly. I think it is rigged though, because Mont- Montreal's hosting the draft. I think they purposely won Montreal. New Jersey's just full of a bunch of scumbags that think they're New York football teams too. So well, I don't even give them any. The the Devils are going all the way this year. No f-ing way. Yeah, why would you want a player that got exceptional status, the consensus number one overall pick, in Shane Wright, going to a team? that's going to be playing in front of 4,000 fans, if it's even sold out, in a team that's only entering their second year and showed why 
you know, Vegas was just super lucky in the expansion draft. No, they're going to send it to an original six Montreal team to get that team rolling again. It's also, I mean, again, it's in Montreal. But I honestly, I think the lottery probably, other than, you know, New Jersey just being lucky and Montreal winning, probably, like, this is the best outcome the Sabres could have. Vegas didn't move up, so they stayed at 16, so Buffalo officially has that pick. I mean, obviously you want to win the draft, but still ninth is not a bad pick. And also the fact of that Detroit and Otto, who were 8-7 fellow Atlantic foes, did not move up either. So, I mean, I, I think all in all, it was a successful draft lottery for the Sabres, and it's exciting that, you know, when the Sabres were up, I wasn't, like, mad that they didn't get the number one overall pick because I don't think they need to get that blue-chip prospect like no. Shane anymore. I mean, would it be nice? Absolutely. But I think they've come to develop players and I don't think they need the number one overall pick to be successful anymore and I, I mean I don't even know if they're going to have the ninth overall pick they might not pick make that pick they might they might not make all three picks you know, know. They, they might trade that so I mean it's all up in, it's called up in the air what they're actually if they're going to make the picks or they're going to trade them we'll see what happens all right Joe you're Kevin Adams you're you're in possession of three first round picks are you taking all three of those picks are you trading some of them like like what's your blueprint here I take one and then trade two away for a Experienced goaltender and a top line defenseman. Which which pick you keeping here? Nine, sixteen, or Panthers pick? Which would I'm be keeping, in the twenties. I'm keeping nine. I'd like nine? to keep it. I you get the good pick, you trade the other two away. You get the Hurley pick. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, we know the the Sabers are picking nine, sixteen. Um, we don't know where the Florida pick lands right now. Obviously, they're two two in their first round series. So, I mean, if Florida ends up winning the cup, that pick becomes three two. You know that value is scumbag Sam Reinhart. Yeah, that, I mean that value is most likely going to be a second round draft pick. So would you be able to trade for one of those things with basically a second rounder? I mean maybe the goalie, but it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to trade sixteen for sure, and then it's going to depend on Florida's run if they had to part of nine or not. But nine again, they don't need a blue chip prospect, but having the ninth pick allows them to have another solid prospect possibly in the system. And we saw what they did with seventh overall of Cousins, eighth overall of Quinn. So. I guess it's now time for the Sabres to shoot their shot of number nine overall. Yeah, no, lucky number nine. Uh, speaking of nine, Jack Eichel, thank you for pick 16. Appreciate that. MVP. So uh, in upcoming episodes, we're going to look more into our prospects, and then once we hit the draft, you know, that'll really establish how we're, how we're feeling going into the season. But right now, we're going to look at the players that played last year. We're going to live in the moment. We're going to grade some players from last year. And we're going to start with goaltenders. Craig Anderson, Dustin Tokarski. F. So, wow, just right off the bat, F. Well, before we get into grades, <laughs> before we go into Joe's uh, F, uh, this is a new segment that we're doing, obviously, with the offseason. Uh, a little bit short on news, obviously, a little draft lottery here, but we're going to talk prospects coming up. But we're also um, you know, going to start grading players from the year before, and we're going to start with the two mainstays in net with Dustin Tokarski and Craig Anderson. And, Joe, I guess, I mean, we'll just start with you again because you were F for both or just one. No, no, honestly, Craig Anderson, he's just old, you know what I mean, in my opinion. Um, as we've said in previous podcasts, he should be on the, the uh, administration end of things. Player development. Player development. He should be more of a coach. Like, oh, you're struggling, here's what I would do, you know what I mean, that kind of a thing. Like, I don't think, I don't think he's necessarily F. That was more of an exaggeration on my end, but... He's definitely C. He was mid, you could say. So, I'm thinking I'm gonna give Craig Anderson like like a B, because I think he was a, a sur- B. Yeah, no, I'm I'm <laughs> confident in giving him a B, because he was serviceable when he played. Was he great? No, but there were some games I've seen him play where they lost six to two. 
and it was all his fault. But I'm still thinking he was the best goalie we had. You must have team. some pretty low standards to give Craig Anderson a B. I'm, I, you know what? I'm standing by my boy Craig. He played well enough to where he was our number one goaltender down the stretch. He didn't play well. And yeah, I didn't really have that much competition. I am completely content. I am completely. You have to be on an AHL goaltender. Yeah. yeah. I'm completely content with him coming back next year as a player. Oh my I'm god! I'm fine with get that. Out of here. I'm Please. fine with that. No, take the pads off, you fraudulent scumbag, and get out of here. I'm completely fine. Get off with the him ice. Coming back. He's literally going to just... He's Good gonna mentor. Have, he's going to have a brain have hemorrhage you, Have UPL is at number two. Development. I, I, I just... I, I mean, like... This dude's giving me a bigger headache than the band this he's at. He's at more risk for cardiac arrest than actually stopping a goal. Like, at this point. He's getting old. Okay? All right, Craig, if you're listening, we're going to strap Joe in some goalie pads. <laughs> we're going to see... Another combine. We'll do an NHL who, combine. Who, who goes into cardiac arrest first? Craig Anderson or Joe Kelly? <laughs> My opinion is this. Both goaltenders for their on-ice performance will get a D. Anderson obviously had a, somehow had a winning record at 17-12-2, but look at his same percentage, .897, that's bad, with a 3.12 goals against average. Dukarski was 10-12-5 with an 8.99 save percentage and a 3.27 goals against. Also not good. Also, if you want to dive deeper into the analytics... Oh, man, big analytics oh, guy. Big analytics here. guy. Breaking the clipboard over his knee kind of guy over the, here. There were 45 goaltenders this season that had started at least 29 games. Out of those goaltenders, where do you think Craig Anderson and Dustin Katarski raked and goals saved about expected? Well, if he's bringing up this point, probably in the 40s. I would Craig, agree. A- Craig Anderson was 35th out of 45. Dustin Katarski was... 37th out of 45. Wow, we're a so, two terrible seasons. Anderson gave up negative 8.7 goals above expected, and Kowalski gave up negative 10.7 goals. So, they got crap goaltending for both of them. This is a young team. We want them to take the jump into the next level. They, they're going to get held back by this bad goaltending. And listen, I'll give Craig Anderson, I'll give him a C minus overall because I've, I think he was an A plus leader. He won his 300th game here, which is an awesome moment. I was actually there at the game, it was the like, return game. Obviously, he's a great mentor, and we've talked about player development. That's where he should be, not on the ice. Uh, he showed his age. Like, he's going to be 41 next year, he, and he, he faded down the stretch. So, in my opinion, both goaltenders should not touch the NHL ice next year. Tarsi could be an NHL goaltender in Rochester. That's fine. Send him to the Amherst. Craig Anderson, it's time to hang up hang up the pads, buddy. Yeah, remember, analytically speaking, Ovechkin and Kane, not top 10 wingers. Crickets. That's all I have to say. Crickets. Okay. That's my only point. Do you think Craig Anderson was a good goaltender this year? I think he was serviceable. Serviceable? Yeah. We didn't have all, playoff aspirations this year. All the stats say he sucked. I th- what do you mean? He had a winning record. Oh, oh my god. He, winning record? So, is, Q, uh, is quarterbacks I know, a win okay, stat? Okay. No, it's, it's, no, answer this question. Is quarterbacks a win stat? I, I would say yeah. I'd say yeah. It matters. Is quarterbacks I mean. a winning stat? I could say, Mr. yeah. Mr. Bisky has an over 500 winning percentage. Yeah, he's the best quarterback the Bears have had in the past decade. Yeah, and their offense was ranked 28th in his time, and the defense was ranked 3rd. Are you kidding you? No, Quar- I'm not. Quarterbacks are not win stats. Same thing how goalies are not... Wi- uh, wins are, are not a stat for goalies Goalies are either. supposed to be there serviceable. Are goalies. He was below serviceable. Yes, thank you. He was bad. Just because you won a lot of games as a goalie doesn't mean... Honestly, Goal the defense did a lot around him that helped him win those games. It wasn't just him. That I know we did not make the playoffs, but I'm going to make the point that... Goaltenders do matter with wins because you look at playoffs, and when a goalie gets hot, they could go all the way. Look at Montreal and Carey Price. Craig Anderson was the opposite only reason of hot, why though. they made the Stanley Cup. Yeah, you know Carey what, Price was hot. You know what? Only happened? reason why Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup, Matt Murray was hot. Yeah, you know what happened? Only reason why Blues went to Stanley Cup, Jordan Bennington was <laughs> hot. This dude's silly. You know what happened to their their stats. 
backed up that. Craig Anderson's stats did not back up his I'm wins. Not, I'm saying Craig Anderson was serviceable. Craig That's Anderson was serviceable. like, no. He was saying, serviceable. Listen, listen both of you, both of you. Here's my analogy. Craig Anderson, you know, you're hot, you're like a steaming pile of dog shit, right? Craig Anderson was a lukewarm pile from 1987 that's been sitting out on the grass on a football field that hasn't been touched. That's what it is. That's Craig Anderson. Lukewarm, sunbathed, dog I'm not that's saying say. Craig Anderson has to start he should come back. 50 games. For, I do. I think he should come back. I think he's fine to play 30 games. I think he's fine to play 30 games. What is the plan for next season? Have UPL play. No, no. What is the plan Anderson, for the team? I'm not talking about goaltending. You just said last you said this I year. think next year... My plan for next year is it's another developmental year because you're top. gonna have oh you're gonna this have guy. Jack Quinn, you're gonna have Paterka being rookies. Hinnis is Owen out. Powers real rookie season, his first first full season in the league. I think the team can compete for maybe the eight seed, but I don't think they're he making was the playoffs. He one of the playoffs. worst goalies in the, NF, in the NHL last season. In the I'm not half. saying he's your starter. He shouldn't play at all. He was one of the worst. I think he's fine for thirty games. No, I think honestly, keep as a third stringer. Last case scenario, got to open up the closet, the moths come out of grandma's old dress, that kind of thing. <laughs> the you know only thing I mean? he should be doing is he should be mentoring the goalies off the ice. Well, no, like, ice. I completely agree, and I think you use him as that third stringer, last resort, if things go south, but he is that mentor on the bench. I, I, I kind of can see where both of you are coming from here, but I think... Nobody you, thinks he should touch the ice. No. I think I he should. think in the worst possible case scenario... Say there's two injuries, right? It's like Bobby Hart touching a football field. It's just not going to happen, right? But anyway, if there are two injuries... Dude, the Sabres goaltender injury luck. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Anyway, anyway, just... You use Craig Anderson as a last resort, legitimate apocalypse now scenario. Or he doesn't touch the ice again. So what happens if... Craig Anderson ranks 35th out of 45 goalies in the goals. Uh, He's still bottom. Expected. Yeah, bottom tier again, and this team plays well, but they miss the playoffs because of goaltending. What are you going to say then next? Well, what are you gonna say the I guess I'm room? wrong. What are you guys going to say to the or, So you, are you opposed to them adding a goaltender through trading in the first round? Not pick? at all. Then, uh, I'm not. A, I, this, is, this, is, this is what I'm thinking here, okay? I think they use pick nine and go for a goaltender. I, no. No kidding. This is, this is, <laughs> they trade for one. This is, okay. I'm Trade completely fine with having Craig Anderson on this team and play 25 to 30 games. I'm completely fine with that. He was terrible in I'm 31 games this also, year. Also, completely fine if we want to bring in a top goaltend. Like, say, we want to trade for John Gibson, who hasn't been the best as of late, but he's on a bum team in Anaheim. I think we can all agree they're a pretty bum team. So, I just think if it comes down to it, Kevin Adams wants to wants to show that he thinks UPL is the guy and wants to give him, you know, 50 games, 40, 50 games, okay. And I think Craig Anderson would be a good guy to have in the room and have on the ice with him. Look at Matt Barkley with Josh Allen. Matt Barkley's not Are a very good quarterback. Are you really comparing Matt Barkley to Craig Anderson right I now? think Matt Barkley was a serviceable, back, serviceable backup for Josh Allen. No. If he came in the game, do you think they were going to win? They they beat the Jets. The Jets! No, the Jets! Yeah. The most fraudulent. Yeah, they did. They beat the in Jets. In New York? Not, are we talking about Josh Allen's rookie year? Or are we talking about his last start with When Buffalo? Matt Barkley came in, when the Bills injured. had all those injuries, he what, dotted up what the happened, NFL What happened in Week 17 against the Jets in 2019? What, they lose? Yeah. They scored like six points. Lost ten to six to the Jets. The Jets. Yeah, but then we have all our backups in that game, and they had all their starters. 
Yeah. Okay. okay. Listen, Matt Barkley. It doesn't matter if you're playing starting players versus backup players. The starter so, should win. Well, doesn't t- matter. So, so when Matt Barkley, when Josh Allen like nearly broke his leg from Joey Bosa, what was your original? What was your reaction to that? I think Matt Barkley would have been fine for if 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 Josh Allen's out for the season. Yes, you have to find someone else. But Matt Barkley would have been a fine filler for two to three weeks. Here's all I have to say. Going back, circling back to Craig Anderson here, where this whole conversation began. You're making it sound like I want Craig Anderson to start 60 games. No, I'm not saying no, you want listen, him. I, I'm fine with 25 to 30. Start at all. Just listen, terrible listen, in 31 games. Listen. I think it's going to be better when he's 41. Craig Anderson has had 945 shots against him this, this season. He's saved 848. Not That would be a, what we call a save percentage. That's a save. But his, you know, read the save he's percentage. He's got more. Read what? the save percentage. Right here. I said it already. Read it. Yes. 0.897. Yeah, you want your starter to be at least a 910. Yes. He's and not I, a starter. You, so you want your backup to be under 900? You're making your argument based on his home him being save a starter. Percentage, He's not a his starter. home save percentage so is actually 25 to 30 games you're, is not You're just going to give UPL, the guy that's never I started in the NHL. I think you have to NHL. give him a chance. Yeah, he never started in the NHL before for a whole season. You're gonna yeah, 50 games? His home save percentage is 0. 0.910. His Win save percentage is .931. His April overall is 8.83, and in losses is 8.55. So it sounds like to At me, home, it's when not, Craig Anderson it's not too is playing bad. well, he's playing well. 9.31. His would career be top save league. percentage is .912. Shesterkin led the league at 9.35. Yeah. You don't want your you want your starting goaltender, you know, like 9.1, 9.2. Yeah, he didn't have a 9.1. He had a 9.3 when he won. It's yeah, when he so lost that he played bad. Yeah. And if it's 25 to 30 games, he's not going to play well. He was one of the worst goalies in the whole NHL last year. Not when he won and not at home. In 31 games, he was one of the worst NHL goalies in the I'm completely league. content with having him play 30 games and having you play UPL play 50. This is this is why you should not be making decisions for the Buffalo. All right, we're gonna take a minute. We're gonna cool off. We're gonna come back at you with uh with the next topic. Ooh, but we'll no be right. We'll we'll be right back. We are back, and you could say cooled off for the next segment. Uh, we're going into the the Bills, but first, I just want to mention um, a little bit more about the uh, the Buffalonian Combine coming at you this summer. Uh, myself, Dom, and Mike will be participating in Combine events, specifically the ones I've called people out for not in, not doing well and me being able to do better. Um, what are those events, Joseph? I'd like to omit the whole Zach Moss thing, me running a 40 time faster, because that's just not I happening. think you said in the one podcast you couldn't run faster. I think Oh, I, did. I think you, you did, did say st- you were not faster. Who did I faster. say? You stopped yourself. Jalen Wedemeyer ran a 5.034. Yes, I said I could run faster than 5.034. I can stand by that. I can give it a try. I'm probably going to end up somewhere around a 6. But, um... I mean, Zach Moss ran like a 4.65, No shot, no so shot. Like, I'm going to hit 5, I think. I think that's my ceiling. The goal is 5? The goal is 5. The goal is 5. But we will be running the 40, hopefully in under 5 seconds. Or maybe a little over 5, it doesn't matter. Uh, the three-cone drill. One of the toughest. I didn't call anyone out for this specifically, but it is a special combine special. Three-cone drill. What are we thinking? What's a good time seven for that? Seconds yeah, seven really seconds. Seven seconds. No, seven seconds. Start, is really stop, fast. start, stop, start, go. That's basically we'll what we'll you say do. like eight to nine. 
Uh, so we're going to have a throw-off and also a punt-off because yep. for Matt Hawk. Matt Hawk, the fraudulent scumbag. And of course, we're all doing our 225 reps. Yeah, you can put me down as zero already. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could either. I don't think I could do one rep. So it's uh, triple donuts around the board. But anyway, the combine will be coming at you this summer. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. We're going to try and have as much fun as possible while I'm also trying to maintain my reputation. And uh, Joe Shasty. Yeah, Joe Shasty. With the mul- rocking a mullet now? Rocking a mullet the now, Jim yeah. Kelly jersey. Backwards hat. Backwards hat and the mullet, you know, coming at you. Summer 22. Let's go, baby. Before we talk about the big announcement of the Tennessee Titans winning the football game, Let's quickly talk about the Bleacher Report article that, of course, we talk about Bleacher Report. Uh, they ranked the Bills the number one offense in the league going into 2022. Even with Tommy Sweeney, I still agree with that. Think about it. You have, you could argue Josh Allen is the best. We might have bias. But he's a lock top three quarterback in this league. Um, we have probably a top five receiver in Diggs. You add even more talent wide receiver with... I think an underrated signing, Jamison, Jamison Crowder. Gabe Davis is a breakout Gabe year. Davis is going to be that number two now. You get Khalil Shakir in the fifth round, who's more of a gadget guy. Uh, he's been compared to, like, a Debo Samuel. Um, you bring in O.J. Howard, a number two tight end. You got uh, James Cook, who'll be that receiving back. Dawson, Dawson, Dawson Knox is a top ten tight end in the league. Exactly. Like, yeah, I agree with it. And an improved offensive line. Uh, Dawson but- Knox is up there with Kelsey. In my opinion, I don't know. If he's he's probably a tier two. I don't two. know if he's tier two. Kelsey he had a Kelsey's level. old. You realize that? Yeah, he's like he's going to be getting yeah. like he's going to be getting two hundred targets this well, year. Well, mm-hmm. I th- I just think it's very cool to see the Bills number one being ranked the number one offense. Obviously, I think it's well deserved. Obviously, losing Dable, we'll see with Ken Dorsey a new little play style, better screen game, hopefully for James Cook. Here's my thing. Brian Dable was is he's a good little cute short passer guy. You know what I mean? He didn't really open Allen up the he way attempted. he should have. He attempted. But what I'm saying is, like, you put him with Philadelphia and um, who's that bum-ass quarterback there right now? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. You put him with Jalen Hurts, that's his kind of offense. Short little passes and runs, right? Dable. Like Tua's noodle arm. Right. Tua turned the ball over. Absolute fraud. Like, he's Tyreek Hill, as I've said many times, not fixing that offense he, whatsoever. Tyreek Hill is there to do five-yard slants and then just run. Right. Yak. Yeah. Yak. As the Bills want. Yak. But anyway. Again, they're going to improve in Yak. That's what Allen was improving, talking about, how he was. that's his stride that he's trying to improve at. James Cook has that curve. So it's definitely, um, I think, they make the offense even more explosive from last year. We'll be adding that element to the offense. Here's my one thing I want to say. little bit of a concern on my end here for Allen. He's got a lot more of a celebrity status this season, this offseason. He's going to be in the match. He's going to be in the match. He's at the F1 races. He's at the Miami. F1 races. He, did, he missed uh, a, a training session that he normally does, I want to say. I heard that um, because he was at the F1 and all of that. I don't like, know if he missed a training session, yeah, but think, he, he was at the volunteer, you know, voluntary workout mini camp with the, with the Bills a couple weeks ago, so... I think he's still working incredibly hard. I think he's still incredibly humble, but I think Leader. he's. I think he's now grown into a more, as you said, a celebrity, more of a guy that's noticeable. Yeah, and I think it's probably might take him a little bit more of an adjustment just off the field. But I still think he's working incredibly hard to be the best player, the best quarterback in this league, the best player in this league to get this Bills championship. I also thought was interesting with the Bills being ranked number one. You know, the Bills do play some high flying offenses uh, this year. They play Kansas City, who was ranked third. Cincinnati was ranked fourth. The L.A. Rams was ranked 8th. Green Bay was ranked 9th. Minnesota was ranked 13th. And then you got Cleveland, Tennessee, Baltimore, 
Pittsburgh, New England, Miami, New York Jets all ranked from 16 to 22. I thought that was kind of funny how that turned out. And then you got Detroit and Chicago at 26 and 28, which is about an average of about 17. So about, you know, the whole schedule is probably an average, a, a middle of the packed offense. But there are still some elite teams of Kansas City and Mahomes and Rodgers, Stafford, and Burrow. So it definitely would, should be an interesting challenge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm more interested. Pittsburgh will be an interesting matchup to see who's their starter. I know that's been a conversation in the past couple probably be, weeks. Pike, can you pick it? Yeah, I feel like they're maybe give, maybe I they'll hope throw Trubisky, Trubisky in just because he played a year at the Bills, but mm. it'll probably be Kenny Pickett. I mean, I I hope it's Trubisky. I think he deserves a fair shot when it's not under fraudulent Matt Nagy coach of the Another year. Another serviceable offense. quarterback. Yes, serviceable. Serviceable. Not good. Anyway, not bad. Serviceable. Let's keep this civil. Let's keep this civil. All right, we're gonna move on to the second week Monday Night Football matchup. Was that an expected matchup on your guys' end? Like, did I knew the Bills would play the? So, we knew the Bills would play them, and they have played them prime time the past two years. Yeah. So I mean, like, what? How many of the past matchups have been Monday night in Tennessee? Well, well, we, last had Tuesday, Tuesday, we had a Tuesday night game. We had a Tuesday night game because COVID, uh, Tennessee COVID. Yeah, Mike but, Brabel. Yeah, absolute. Asshole. I think it's just nice to finally have that game in Buffalo. Because it just always seems like we're playing Tennessee in Tennessee. It's kind of the same thing if always playing Kansas City in Kansas City, yeah. which ends after next year, hopefully. So Yeah, yeah and Ryan Tannehill. I, I know I call people fraudulent scumbags for the entertainment purposes. This guy's an absolute yeah, scumbag. Yeah, see, that's someone you don't want mentor. Like, no. He even said it. It's, it's not, not my, my job, job to mentor. To mentor. Like, Are you kidding me? If you're a leader on that team, like it shouldn't matter, you know? Like I understand, yeah, he's like, Oh, you, you guys draft a quarterback thinking you're going to replace me when my contract's up, which I think they should. I think Ryan Tannehill's just a game manager. I, every time carried, I hear Ryan that Tannehill... That carried by Derrick Henry. Yeah, every time I hear Ryan Tannehill, I think of when he was in Miami and threw the pass about 10 yards behind him, just ducked out of his hand. Like, that's that's Ryan Tannehill. I, I just think, think that that shows poor teammate leadership. I think we're going to stomp him. I really do. I think we're going to absolutely I, I think show them. I think it's an interesting matchup because, you know, does this kill the Rams opener? Because would they put... The Bills on back-to-back primetime games mm. is definitely an interesting discussion. But, I mean, if it is still the Rams and it goes Rams, the Titans is definitely a challenge for the interior offensive line playing Aaron Donald one week, and then week two you had to play Jeffrey Simmons. So we're going to see how, you know, when that, that new upgradable offensive line, interior offensive line, is going to be tested yeah. uh, right away. Even but, Ken Dorsey's offense is going to be tested right away in general. Yeah, and I think it's interesting in the fact of Philadelphia, who's hosting Minnesota in the second game of that doubleheader, already said on their website that this is their home opener, this is the home opener, this is their tickets, and the Bills have not done that. So maybe it's nothing, maybe it's something. So it's something something to see, but I think a, a fascinating thing is, well, first, this is the first time in two years that the Bills will not be traveling to Miami in Week 2. And second, I think I think going in, you already guaranteed that the Bills would at least probably get two Monday Night Football games, but this... I think solidifies it because ESPN is not going to allow the Bills to be on week two and then not be on for the next 16 weeks. I don't think they're going to allow that. There's definitely going to be another Monday night game, in my opinion, yeah. for Buffalo. Maybe on the road, maybe against one of those AFC North teams like Cincinnati or Baltimore. But uh, I know there was the, the rumor that maybe Buffalo and Baltimore are playing Thanksgiving. I don't know how accurate that Honestly, is, I think we're playing Detroit Thanksgiving because we are. They are an opponent of ours, and mm-hmm. normally they have to play on Thanksgiving. They always play. The at Bills home on were Thanksgiving, just when like we Dallas. absolutely destroyed Dallas those couple years ago. Um, and any prime time, they want the Bills on. They get views. You know what I mean? It gets yeah. their ratings up. So I think they'll put us against the Lions on Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to have back to back years where the Bills or the Nike game on Thanksgiving. I mean, I think that'd be a pretty rare. Inc- uh, 
occurrence. occurrence. Thank you, mm-hmm. sir. Appreciate Bills that. Chiefs Thanksgiving game, man. Could happen. <laughs> Maybe, but <laughs> if the Bills say aren't playing in LA and they are having a home game week one because they didn't announce it as the home opener. Who do you guys think the Bills would play? Probably someone I think at one o'clock, but probably maybe you yeah. get the, maybe you get the CBS number one crew of Tony Romo and Jim Nan. So who do you guys think they could play? Honestly, it, I, I look and we played Pittsburgh last last season home opener, right? One o'clock. Is it going to be back to back years? I honestly, they could play up the Trubisky angle on that. You know what I mean? Like have him start. And see, you know, I, if he does start, I think that could be an option for sure. You know, but it's like, I look, maybe it's New England. Maybe they rematch. You know what I mean? For the 40-point, the 40-banger up on him. Like, that Belichick's still salty about that. Mac Jones, exposed for the fraud he was. It was just an absolutely electric game that I think they want to see another one of. And I, I think, honestly, we're going to put a 50-banger up on him this time. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I would like, to, before we turn to Mike, to get your response, I just want to say, next podcast we will be doing how many people Joe, a counter about how many people Joe calls frauds or scumbags. <laughs> uh, it's quite be, a lot. It's quite a lot. It's a high number this podcast, and especially the last one as well. So <laughs> Sorry, Michael. No, no, no. That was that was a good interruption. Um, So, the Bills opener, I just, I just have a feeling it's going to be a divisional game. And I just have a hunch it's going to be the Jets. Um, I know they've opened up in the Jets with the Jets in the past. I hate those games because I just I feel them. like they're just going to either like I can I just I don't know I just feel like they're going to want the Bills just get a divisional game out of the way. They're not going to want to have like a primetime game at the beginning of the year. They're going to yeah. rather have those big opponents towards like the end of the year because then it means more for playoffs and everything. It's more entertaining games. So I think they're going to get one of the divisional Jets games out of the way week one. So, you know, talking about the possible opener, talking about this awesome news of the Week 2 matchup, it is also interesting that they played the Rams. Another, like, thought just popped in my mind is, you know, the Bills two years ago in 2020, they started 4-0. Who do they play? Tennessee. That's And then they didn't play well. You know, they had all this momentum, and they probably came out on their high horses, got knocked off it. Last year, who do they beat? They beat Kansas City. They go in next week. Who do they play? Tennessee, and they lose. You know, and they're both nail biter games right down to the end, both of them. Well, no, they Deion got blo- they got, blo- they got blown out by Tennessee. Well, the first, yeah, 2020, yeah. yeah but th- but this was Deion Dawkins slips on that line and well, it's, it's over. It's going to be interesting in t- you know 2022 if they start off a win either at home or do they play the Rams and they beat the Rams. You know, of course, then the next team, you know, they had to play the Titans in week two. And is it, is it going to be another one of those games where? You know, it's a humbling experience for the Bills that, you know, they come off at this emotional high. Are they ready again? I mean, for the third straight year, are they ready to play Tennessee, who I think have definitely, you know, declined in talent, but they still, you know, provide some problems with the Bills. Yeah, no, I think you said it perfect. They have regressed. I mean, they got rid of A.J. Brown. Uh, They bring in Traylon Burks. I mean, he's good, but he's just, he's a rookie, and it'll be his second NFL game at that point. So, like, he's not established. Uh, Derrick Henry will be coming off an injury, so we don't know what what that's going to be. But yeah, it's just it's just always been a matchup issue between the Titans and the Bills. But I think I think they're gonna have an upper hand this year. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, after talking a little about about the Week Two showdown, possible opener, that's you know with the schedule officially coming out on Thursday, that's let's let's chat about some predictions that we have for this Thursday. So who who'd like to begin? Um, I I'd like to start if if you guys don't mind. Um, our record. I'm gonna start off with that. We're gonna be. Fourteen and three, easy, easy. I think even better. I think the Vegas over under on wins for Buffalo was eleven and a half. So yeah, we're plus seven hundred to win the Super Bowl. We're favorites. Um, I think honestly, people talking about Green Bay playing against Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
you know. What is he going to be without Devontae yeah, Adams? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The, the team's fraudulent. I mean, it's it's not even funny. It's just like add the Green Bay Packers add the to the Green list. Bay Packers. Of add a team to the list. Honestly, I think the New Jersey Devils. Looking at oh, this right yeah. now, Deshaun Watson's not playing. Baker Mayfield's going to refuse to play for the Browns. It, it's it's you know Jacoby Brissett time. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett. He played the Miami game when Tua got hurt because well, AJ Epinesa. Yeah, and AJ Epinesa is an absolute god for that. By the way, I I absolutely love that play. I rewatch it before I go to bed every night. I'm going to be honest with you. It puts that me to sleep. That singular play. Seeing Tua turn the ball over, eat. The turf, or grass in Miami, sorry. Is, still be referred to as turf. Right, still. But anyway, I mean, it, seeing him injured and still attempting to go out there and Jacoby Brissett having to come in, and they think, oh, he's going to actually do it, 35 nothing, Just puts me to sleep at night. It's amazing. I think the Dolphins we sweep two times. I think we sweep the Jets both times, Patriots both times, and in the playoffs, because I guarantee we meet them again in the playoffs. Calling out uh, Stuhl Presidente here, uh, you know, tweeting out at the Bills fans, you know, for that game. I'm going to attack him on Twitter at this point. I mean, there's no there's no other way around it. The Bills are winning. They're sweeping the Patriots two games in the regular season and in the postseason. There's no way they're getting past us. We run the East. I think that's a very interesting season play-by-play prediction. Uh, I have three kind of bold, semi-bold predictions. Oh, can I add one more thing? Oh, sure. Absolutely, sir. Sweep the Chiefs. It's the one game. The one game and in the postseason. Because right. you know we're meeting them again in the postseason. You know that's true. Hopefully this time in Western The Rams, York. Von Miller eats them alive. Hurts Matt Stafford. He's out with a torn ACL for the rest of the season. <laughs> that's a bold take. Wow. Yeah. Is, having a specific injury by a certain player, that's amazing. <laughs> so my three predictions are the Bills will not play a divisional game in the first three weeks of the year. I don't think they're going to play one in week one. Obviously they're not playing one in week two. I think they're going to play an NFC team week three. They're going to go three weeks without playing an AFC East team. Obviously, you know, recently it's been Miami. Sometimes they started off with the Jets, too, in week one. So I don't think they're going to play an AFC East team the first three weeks of the year. My next prediction is for the sixth straight year in a row, the Buffalo Bills will be playing in New England on week 16. All five previous years in the McBean era that they've played week 16 in New England, I don't think this year is going to change anything. I think they're going to play for the sixth straight year in a row. And Isaiah McKenzie's going to run all over him again. Yep. And my final prediction... The Buffalo Bills will be hosting the Cleveland Browns week one in Orchard Park at 1 p.m. With Jim Nance, Tony Romo on the call, with not Baker Mayfield because he'll be traded to Seattle. Seattle. Deshaun Watson will be suspended for at least the first six games, so our buddy Jacoby Brissett will be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Mike, yeah. do you have any you have any predictions? No, I mean, I said before, I think they're opening against the Jets. I mean, I, I know you said you don't think they're opening against a division opponent. I think they are. I think they're going to try to get that game out of the way because I think they'd rather wait until Deshaun Watson is back for the Browns to play the Bills because it would be a more entertaining game than if the Bills were playing a Jacoby Brissett. Um, we already talked about Tennessee Week 2. I honestly could see the Bills playing on Thanksgiving. I know we mentioned that earlier, whether it's Detroit or um, Baltimore at night, whatever. I could see that. But also, honestly, I would keep a lookout for maybe Christmas Day. Because I know they announced the one game is the Broncos and Rams. Um, I could see us playing on Christmas Day because it's a triple header. Yeah. So they're going to want you know those those um, high-grossing teams for watching to play. Yeah, I think that's Week 16, so that would be a Maybe that's the New England game, yeah. Christmas Day. <laughs> there you go, another prediction. Well, I want to make one overarching season prediction. Um, you already made the record no, prediction. listen, all-team prediction. All league, right? 
as you may or may not know if you follow the Twitter, I've recently called Lamar Jackson out and said he was fraudulent, which I believe he is 100%. They said he was top two with Allen, QB in the NFL. I said this list is great except for fraudulent Lamar Jackson up at the top two. I think he gets hurt again and then retires. I think he's done. I don't I don't think he plays another season. I think he honestly, he, he just keeps getting injured and injured. I think honestly, you know who injures him this season? Greg Russo. Groot. So we were saying Greg Russo injures Lamar Jackson so bad that he stops playing football <laughs> and Bob Miller tears Matt Stafford. You already know it. Bold takes, man. Make the best outcomes. That's all I'm saying. I, I'll say one more. If th- I hit any of those, I'm ecstatic. I'll ecstatic. Say, That's terrible. I, I'm <laughs> That's a, terrible. I'm going to take this back oh to um, schedule talk. Okay. I think we're going to close out against Miami in Buffalo. I always like it when yeah. the Dolphins had to come up to Buffalo and play in the snow. Yeah, it's, we want to. Nice. That's that's a guaranteed. Oh, everyone can buy tickets to that game because we're gonna roll the floor with them. You know what I mean? Like, squish that's like, the fish, baby. Squish the fish. Squish the fish. All right. Well, on that note, we're gonna take a little break and we'll be right back with more after this. Do you enjoy listening to the Buffalonian podcast? Follow us on social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more for the latest updates regarding us, sports news, and more. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. We are back with this week's edition of the Buffalonian Rundown, presented by yours truly, Joe, this week. Uh, Dom's taking a sabbatical. The uh, We're going to kick it off with some Bisons news. Uh, the Bisons lose, unfortunately, the the series to Durham 4-2. to two. Uh, They unfortunately fall to 16-14, and and they're now two games back in the North Division. Not a good look. Not a good look for them right now, but there's a lot of season to turn it around. Just good to see them back in Buffalo playing again, honestly, looking at it that way. Um, Moving on, the MLB ace, Hinjin Ryu, made his first rehab start on Saturday, pitching four innings, giving up five runs, two of them earned, and recording five strikeouts in a loss. Not too bad of a performance in a rehab start. You know, they've definitely been worse. Definitely been worse. Um, the most memorable moment, though, is the uh, Blue Jays' top prospect, Gabriel Moreno, collecting a four-hit game with the walk-off winning hit on Friday in a 5-4 to four win. Absolutely electric atmosphere, nothing like it. It honestly, it really was an absolutely wonderful performance by him. The Bisons now go on the road to face Lehigh Valley in a series starting Tuesday and going through Sunday. And uh, Lehigh Valley is 17-13 and 13 and is the affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. So not too far off from the Bisons, 16-14 and 14 right now. They're a pretty even matchup, in my opinion. Uh, the Bisons will return back to Buffalo on May 17th. So that wraps it up for some Bisons talk. Let's move on to the Amherst. You know, we mentioned that they needed a miracle a couple of weeks ago to make it into the playoffs. Well, they're still hanging around. They're sitting there at, uh, they swept Belleville 2 nothing to advance in the AHL playoffs. Absolutely electric. You never would have seen it coming, you know, in the regular season. They needed that miracle, like we said. And look it, they're still hanging around. The genie's in the bottle still. They got three wishes. Amherst won the game 4-3 to in overtime. After falling behind 3 nothing. our two Ritzelainen had the game-winning goal. Then... The Amherst also won Game 2 4-3 in overtime as well after blowing a 3-1 lead. Brett Murray had the game-winning goal there. And a little fun fact, it is the first time that the Amherst have made it past the first round of the playoffs since 2005. It's been 17 years. Absolutely electric. You gotta love it. You gotta love that they're still kicking after almost blowing two games that ended in an overtime game winner. It's ironic that the Amherst beat Belleville after they needed Belleville to beat Toronto to even have a thought of making the playoffs, um, and they, they're the ones who took them out. The Amherst play Utica in the best-of-five series starting Tuesday, May 10th uh, today. 
the first two in Utica, the next two in Rochester, and Game 5 is back in Utica. Obviously, Games 4 and 5 are if necessary, and there are no sweeps. Um, Utica won the North Division title, and the Amherst are 6-5-1 versus Utica on the season, and beat the Comets 8-1 in the final game of the season to help the Amherst make the playoffs. Will irony strike for a second time? Well, we're going to have to find out. And that's going to do it for the rundown presented by, you know, yours truly, Joe, today. And uh, we'll be coming at you in a few more minutes with some trivia, and we're going to close it out. Do you enjoy listening to the Buffalonian podcast? Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more for the latest updates regarding us, sports news, and more. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, welcome back. Final topic of the day, trivia. Before we start trivia, I just want to say, Joe, you did a fantastic job on the rundown this week. Thank but, you. But see how I did not interrupt you once? Yeah, no Dom's interruptions for Joe. I, I, I see. I appreciate that. And I, now I understand I won't interrupt you again. What a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, nice guy. He's always a nice guy. We love having nice guys around here, you know? Absolutely. Nice Buffalonians, you could say. Anyway, you might not call me a nice guy after these trivia questions. Well, so sure. we'll start with the Bison's question. Uh, obviously, we all know they're the Blue Jays affiliate. Uh, before that, though, who were they an affiliate for? New York Mets. Yeah. Yeah, they've been the Blue Jays affiliate since 2013. The Mets had a four-year run from 2009 to 2012. Um, yeah, that's the Bison's question. Changed up a little bit. I think that's the first Bison's question I've asked. We'll go to question number two. It would be a Buffalo Bills question. Prior to the Bills winning AFC East in 2020... When was the last year they won it? 1995. Yeah. I don't even... That's just a long beep. The pop jazz for all the viewers in the car. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess those ones those ones weren't, weren't too bad, right? No, very very doable. Sabres question. We all know we were, we were an expansion team in 1970 with Vancouver. Prior, prior to that, the Knox Brothers tried to get an expansion team in 1967. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. They had one other approach. They tried to relocate a team to Buffalo. What team did they attempt to relocate? Pittsburgh. I was going to say the Penguins, but... That is incorrect. How, how close was I? Um, well, they are on the other side of the country. Oh, Los Angeles? No. All right, I'm out. I got no one? I, I... No one Oakland? knows... The failed attempt at the Oakland Seals... It, that doesn't count as the correct answer. He answered it no, wrong I twice. No, and he claimed he was wrong twice. It, we all remember the the California Golden Seals too would be later known as. They just they just could never gain traction out there throughout the sixties and seventies. But yeah, the Sabres eventually got a team in nineteen seventy and uh, fifty two years later, yeah. So And we are here today still watching Sabres hockey. Exactly. And still being disappointed as those fans were back then with no Stanley Cups. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. We hope you guys enjoy. And uh, what do you always say at the end of these? Something like, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.